Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Here to talk about a movie that was supposed to come out a year ago. This might be our first real like COVID-affected film, I feel like. Uh, A Quiet Place 2, John Krasinski, returning direct, picks up immediately following the events of the first film. Uh, and takes this on kind of what happens next to I wish I knew the name of the family, but I don't. Uh, Emily Blunt and their kids. Yep. And how they survive in this world. Do we know their last name? Because I feel bad now. Well, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad because I don't think that I even knew until this movie that they had. I mean, like, I know they had names, but I don't remember if their names were ever actually said because, you know, they they... Uh, refer to John Krasinski's character as Lee, and I'm like, did I know his name was Lee in the last? <laughs> yeah, th- I thought that too. I thought that too. Uh, I don't think they still say Emily Blunt's name this entire movie. I well, and and that's you know, we'll, we'll, like, we should probably talk about like how we actually felt about the movie before we start jumping into specific criticisms. But for a movie that is mostly subtitles of sign language, I could honestly use the subtitles on everything uh, because anytime they're not, anytime they're not signing, they're whispering and I have a hard time understanding exactly what they're saying. Yeah, that's a fair point. This movie does add Killian Murphy and very briefly Jimon Hansu. I don't know how to say that guy's name. I I think that's pretty good. Every time Uh, I see his name, it just looks like Digimon. I I always say (laughs) Digimon. (laughs) <laughs> that's great i've never thought that but i will only call him <laughs> digimon <laughs> from here on out oh that's wonderful um they're the real oh, there's more people added to the cast but they're the only real additions john krasinski is miraculously back for 10 minutes but yeah how do we feel about the film um i i loved this movie i thought in uh in some ways, I liked it more than I did the first one. I liked that the rules were already set up so we could just hit the ground running. And before, we're, I don't think this is getting into a spoiler, but I love that it was only 90 minutes long. Mm. I uh, Shorter than Transformers, you know? Uh, this <laughs> Automatically uh, a win. Yeah, I, I, I've heard some people saying that they don't like that, that they wish they would have had uh, more time to flesh it out. And those people are fucking idiots. This movie was the perfect link. I think the uh, I, I think I I think there's not a chance to get tired of the concept. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ninety to hundred minutes is the perfect amount of time for a movie. I just two you know, hours is <laughs> maybe occasionally acceptable, but normally not. Hundred percent. I feel like you know the last however many years, uh, uh, at, at least five or six, have elucidated that we li- there are a lot of people that live in two different worlds. Uh, that didn't know necessarily that the other world existed uh, because they're just very much in their own bubble. And I feel like this is a similar situation where there is a world of people who like movies that are over two and a half hours long, and I've never fucking met one. Uh, <laughs> but the, apparently they're loud and they're out there, so I don't, I don't know what, what bubbles they're circling around in, but I don't like them on principle. They're definitely getting serviced. Yeah, for, for sure, but not by this movie. Right. Definitely to your point, Jehu, like this movie and the first film really revolve around a concept. And like it's a good plot. And it, I think, it, you know, if there is a meaning or message, what I get out of it is good and worth telling. But it really, it's really like, can we make a movie, a, a silent movie? Can we really make a quiet place? Uh, right. And 
to do that well, you have to do that tight because if you do it any longer than it does, you're going to get bored with it. You're going to be done with it. So keeping it short is to the movie's favor, I think, because it's based on that. I'm going to take your point, Christian, and I agree. But at the same time, you know, I feel like narrative structures are supposed to have like, you know, uh, like lifts of suspense and tension and then like releases for a little while and then lifts of tension. You watch this movie with me so you can verify that I watch 50% or more of this movie with my fingers and my ears. Uh, they they could have they added a little bit more breaks in there, here and there, just for my own personal uh, uh, comfort, but they didn't. It's, it's a very tight movie. Yeah, it's pretty tense start to finish. Like there are a few, a few moments where you get like five to ten minutes Joseph not having his fingers in his ears, uh, <laughs> but most of the time it's pretty, it's pretty go. And you know, right when it starts too, like you can tell, okay, we're about something, some, some weird's about to happen. <laughs> and uh, Joseph's fans immediately go to the side of his head. <laughs> I like this movie a whole lot. Um, I'm going to get more into specifics on what I like when we talk about spoilers, but yeah. I think the first 10 minutes are fucking balls to the wall. And this is the first movie I think uh, Joseph, I think this was for you as well that I have seen in a movie theater since yep. like 2019. And uh, what a great first 10 minutes, like back in a movie theater. And a, and a bad 15 minutes preceding it of no good trailers. Oh God. All the trailers were <laughs> terrible. They were so well, bad. Uh, go you ahead. Know, Jay. The, the, the movie I watched it in uh, did that, uh, <laughs> you know, Marvel's feelings trailer. You remember that from a few weeks ago on the internet? No, it was like it was like a thing showing all these like moments from various Marvel movies and then short little snippets from it. They showed that in my theater. And whereas I was not impressed by it that much on the Internet in the in the auditorium, I like, man, that was like, this is giving me feelings. I'm really enjoying this. I'm Hmm. really ready to be back with these movies. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I had a good trailer experience. I'm just shocked we didn't get Hotel Transylvania 4. Like, that was the quality of trailer <laughs> that was going on in our theater. Um, but no, I really, I really like this movie. I think the time frame works well. I think with the decisions they decided to make with plot and how they chose to continue the story made a lot of sense and were really good, especially because I didn't think it was necessary after watching the first film. Right. So better than Transformers for me similar to you i don't feel like i needed anything more because i think they did a nice job at the end of the last one of of kind of wrapping things up uh but they did create such an interesting world as kind of a testament to the the world building they were could accomplish in the 90 minutes of the last movie uh that you know we'd be so interested in there's so much runway for this movie uh i also think it's better than transformers i think it's it's different and it definitely draws on some other influences you know i think we'll talk about later uh, but it, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's a, if you're going to go back to the movies, if you're like waiting for the right one, I think this is the right one. I, uh, so if you haven't gone and you're, you're comfortable with it, I recommend going to see it in theaters. Yeah, I could, I don't, this will be on Paramount plus in like 30 days or something. I think is how Paramount's distributing their movies now. And if you're waiting for that, don't just go see it in the theater. Cause it's a good theater experience. Totally agree. Absolutely agree. So better than spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but before we get into spoilers, I think that, you know, the biggest change in this is the addition of Cillian Murphy. What'd you guys think of him? Ooh, this is a I complicated th- question for me. Uh, uh, I thought he was pretty good in it. The one thing I wanted to say that I don't feel like anyone else is talking about. He's lean as fuck in this movie. Yeah. 
Like he's skinny, but he's in shape. Yeah. Yeah. I um I you know going into it I really thought I was gonna I, I was gonna miss John Krasinski too much. Cillian Murphy's a little too creepy to be as endearing as he is, but man, did he win me over? He was much more, you know. I I don't know what say what I say that's what I would be in this world because what I would be in this world is dead. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I related to him a lot more, and. Yeah. uh you know, everything with us kind of has to tie back to comic movies. So I'm starting right here. Uh, Cillian Murphy for Wolverine. He's a okay. little guy and he has a sort of feral attitude in this. And I would get super on board with that dude as Wolverine. Have no idea if he's interested in that kind of scene anymore, but I would be into that. I'm on board. I, uh, I feel like as a society, We've we've uh, come a long way recently in in kind of discovering that you know human sexuality is a complicated spectrum, uh, and right. I think that's wonderful. I think everybody can have you know what, whatever they want kind of thing, and uh, I I don't feel like I can profess that I'm sexually attracted to Killian Murphy, but I definitely mm. feel funny feelings when I see him on screen. <laughs> so I I don't feel like I can I can tender an opinion with any kind of real uh, unbiased. Uh, uh, opinion, but you know, I was happy to have him on there. I think he's great. I think he's great in everything. I tell everyone they need to watch Wind, The Wind That Shakes the Barley, which uh, is an Irish war film with Killian Murphy, but no one has ever seen it. Yeah, he's a great replacement. Uh, replacement's not the right word, and that's something they, they talk about in the plot, but uh, he's he fits his character perfectly. It is funny yeah, that well, he's he's easily the prettiest person that's been in these movies, but he's the only one who decided, no, I'm, I'm going to look like I'm living in the apocalypse. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like Emily Brunt's still glamorous as hell. I know, right. He, that dress looks great. Yeah. But he is worn the fuck out in this, which I was super into. What I really, really enjoyed about his character in this and the way he did it kind of to both your points is like, I like, in the first movie, and I didn't really think about this at the time, but John Krasinski is such like the perfect dude, like all American hero. I'm going to do whatever it takes, makes all the right decisions, except for just moving his family to the fucking waterfall. But in this one, it's like, hey, you don't have to be that to survive in this world. You can be kind of terrible and still do it. And Killian Murphy does that, but in such kind of like a charming, likable way. Like it's a weird balance i mean i think i think um, Kurt's right i feel like it's it's maybe less likable but at least like relatable yeah man that's probably what it is like it, it is far more this is probably closer if i were to live because you're right her i would not live i would be for sure be dead but yeah. uh if i were to live in this world i'd probably be more that guy than john krasinski yeah. all right well that, that leads into what i want to talk about in spoilers let's just jump into spoilers 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 from here on out this is there's no rhyme or reason to this we can come back to it in order if we want but uh that's one of the things that i think stood out to me about this movie uh that i thought was really interesting because you're right john krasinski's character in the last one and i mean even emily blunt's character in that last one and this one are kind of these i don't know these specific kinds of characters in horror movies and and just general stories in general that like they're close enough to people that I recognize their aspects, but they're also like better than people. <laughs> uh, no, they're every... like monoliths of good behavior. Right. Like, it's so, just, uh, good behavior, no good weakness. decisions, all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, 
And so, you know, I think Killian Murphy is, is a great example. Killian Murphy's character, I think his name is Emmett. Is that right? Yes, sure. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, is, is a good example of somebody who I think is just surviving as opposed to thriving, I guess. Uh, but, you know, in this movie, you know, Emily Blunt, still Emily Blunt. The deaf daughter is, you know, they talk about it in the movie, is, is very much like John Krasinski. She's very fearless, very committed to like doing the right thing uh, at all costs. Uh, having the kid with anxiety in this fucking movie deal with so much anxiety was giving me so much anxiety. <laughs> uh, it, it was, I, I feel like I'm stressed out anyway because the circumstances are stressful. This kid had anxiety before this fucking thing went down. So I'm just like doubly anxious for him this whole time. And I mean, it's cool that they portray that in the story of somebody like, you know, who has anxiety, who still, you know, does do like heroic things, does other like, you know, like the anxiety isn't what defines them. It's not necessarily like their weakness. It's just something that, you know, they have, it's, it's a part of them. Uh, and I think that's both, you know, like interesting from a character's perspective, uh, and also like for me, like drew me in so much more than watching the the you know the deaf girl going off on her own. It's like that's a terrible decision. I you know like I can't see myself ever doing that, but I can totally see myself having a panic attack, you know, in like an airless vault, right. hoping I I can get out. <laughs> well, man, the thing is, there there was a point it, I, I, bringing up that kid like. You know, when everybody starts going on the path that you know is going to lead to everything going wrong at once, like you can see that's coming. It's like, fuck, this is what this is going to happen. But when that kid, when he decided to go upstairs and look around, I was like, man, fuck this kid. Yeah, like somebody, somebody <laughs> here, that's that's the only one. I was just about to say most of the things I feel like they were doing were relatively necessary, but that right. was the one exception. That was like the most horror movie. Uh, decision in the whole movie, and and le- and also, I'm I'm like extremely like extremely claustrophobic, just to the degree where at one point I thought I was trapped in a room, and I immediately started looking for ways to kill myself. Like I <laughs> I cannot handle enclosed spaces at all. So as soon as I saw that fucking rag on the fucking furnace, oh I was yeah. Like, Man, fuck this shit! <laughs> like I don't want to deal with <laughs> this. This would have been such a stressful experience for you, hurt. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And then, and then when it was that kid that set it off, I was like, double fuck this kid. But, uh, you know, yeah. The only thing that I really wanted to talk about that I, I really loved in this movie, and it's because the, zo- the zombie subgenre of horror has like taken over media in the last like decade and a half. Um, I love that there was the concept of a utopia in this, and there actually fucking was. Because right. so many times it's, oh, you know, if we could just get to Alaska, there's no <laughs> zombies there. And you fucking get to Alaska and there's just all the zombies. Uh, <laughs> this was like three seasons of The Walking Dead was this <laughs> fucking shit. Um, and it, there's it's never there. But in this movie, it's like, nope, sure enough, there's a fucking island and these things can't swim. So it's uh, pretty great. However, it's the others camp here. This, this is also the secondary trope along that line where the protagonists find the utopia and then through the consequences of the protagonist's actions ruin the utopia. <laughs> I also love that bit. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I mean, I you, ha- you do think even if you're like chilling uh, and you knew you were safe, you'd have like some precautions in place. 
Yeah, right. I, they did not plan at all that one of the these <laughs> things to show up. <laughs> that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way, Christian, but that's a really good point. I'm glad that, yeah, totally. They just did the thing that they usually never do. Uh, also, to your point about The Walking Dead, the producers of The Walking Dead should have to watch these two movies and then ask if they're ashamed of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like these these people do in these two movies what like at least 13 seasons of The Walking Dead. Well, it's like it reminds me a lot of, you know, every almost bad guy in The Walking Dead or like the cannibal people we see. I, I'm assuming they're cannibals. I don't know what else right. they were uh, in this film. And that scene lasts about two minutes and I get the exact same amount of emotions as I get out of 20 fucking episodes of the walking dead. If you can give it to to me in two minutes, do that. Right. Totally. That's that's it for me. That was like the one thing I like had to talk about. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, of the things we can talk about, you know, the, the, you mentioned it earlier, but the first 10 minutes of this movie are, are kind of like it's, it's day one. Uh, you know, of the incident. And it's from the moments before the invasion happened to, you know, all of the immediate moments after. Uh, And, you know, uh, so far, these are the only two things that John Krasinski has directed. But just just that scene alone makes me feel like this dude probably needs to direct more. No, totally, totally. Just the the general concepts are great. Uh, the like the sense of 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 space and movement are really good. He does great things with like the camera moves and the sound going in and out when we're supposed to be taking from uh, the daughter's perspective. It's like it's really like harrowing and immersive. And I I thought that I mean I think the first ten minutes is the most impressive part of the movie. Yeah, I, he he's really good at action. This one's a lot more actiony. That. That opening sequence when they're trying to explain uh, escape the monsters the first time you encounter them, I was like, man, if this was like a universal ride, I would be fucking into it, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that guy, that guy, I, you know, I, I think that guy's ready for the big leagues as far as direct. The only question I had heard is, did you recognize the guy who says the Lord's Prayer and works at the shop that John Krasinski goes to? Oh, God, man, I did, but I can't remember it right now because it's been like two weeks since I saw it. Who was it? It's, it's fucking Homer Stokes. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, it Joseph Stokes. didn't get it it's, either. I, it's funny because I, thinking back, I was thinking, I know it's a Coen Brothers guy, but I couldn't think of who it was. <laughs> I know I knew that at the time, but uh, like, you know, like I said, it's been two weeks. I forgot about that. Also making a, a cameo appearance is uh, uh, Hamilton alum. I don't know, actually know how to pronounce his name. He Hercules goes, Mulligan. But he's Hercules Mulligan and James Madison in uh, in Hamilton. He's the cop in that first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you called that because the whole time, and he's not on screen much, but I almost was distracting how much I could recognize him and couldn't place him. Well, I, 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 I the, the, really, this, the main reason I second-guessed myself is because in... In Hamilton, he looks so much taller than all the people. And then in this movie, he was shorter than John Krasinski, and it really threw me. So I was like, maybe this isn't the same guy. But I think maybe just everyone in Hamilton is very short. Yeah, I also feel like John Krasinski is fairly tall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe he's average height. (laughs) Speaking of cameos, uh, Digimon Houston, wasn't there a different actor who was playing that and dropped out? Yeah, it was supposed to be Brian Tyree Henry. Like, I think they dropped out because of time concerns. How could they have not had time to do this? Like, he was in that movie for like four minutes. That's, yeah, that's that's two days of shooting tops, two locations. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great yeah, point. I, I wonder maybe if it was written differently. Maybe like he wasn't supposed to die or something because um, I don't know. They maybe, maybe they shot more time, time on the island. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that, an interesting point. Yeah, that, that brings me to I, I I'm, I'm singing the praises of this movie and I really enjoyed it. I still don't think it's as strong as the first one. I think it's not quite as, uh, I guess, narratively tight. I think the plot structures of, of we need to go here and get some things or do some things. And then there's danger and we overcome the danger are there in sufficient quantity. Like all the, all the, I don't know, all, all the execution, the, the tension and the suspense and stuff, I think are good. But just like, as far as like character development and narrative, I don't think is as strong. And I guess themes as the first one. So like I, I I do like this movie, but I do want I want to make it clear that I do still think the first one is better. Yeah, it's pretty on par for me. I, fe- I it feels very much like a second act to the same story, um, and it feels I don't know very very similar theme wise. I would say probably I enjoyed the first one better, but I was just so blown away by the first one. Like it just was something I was not expecting to love yeah. at the time. This one I had pretty was pretty confident i was going to enjoy this but it's pretty close for me yeah and i I also think it's pretty close do you think someone could have watched this without watching the first one no no i i see i think they could except for the hearing aid trick that was the only thing they didn't cover well enough because i mean you know the the intro 10 minutes uh you know tells you enough about the concept that you wouldn't need to watch the whole movie but you know honestly I I had forgotten specifically that the hearing aid was how they did this. And I had to like figure it out for a minute. So (laughs) I, yeah, I feel like it's pretty connected, but I also when watching it, especially by the time it was over really felt like this was, it felt like act two of a three act play to me. Like uh, the first one is what's the weakness. The second is build the weapon. The third one will be fight the war type of thing. Yeah, like, I can't right. I can't I can't decide if they're going to do that. I can't also can't decide if that's a thing that I would want anyway. Would you guys want yeah. a movie like that? It would just depends on how they do it. Um I've thought about this a lot since yesterday. Like I would <laughs> I feel like two options. I don't know that they're good options. Do something completely different. Do a different family now that we know the weakness to do different people in this world. Um do a time jump and the deaf girls just kick an ass. Like yes. it's just like Michelle Rodriguez, just with like fucking machine guns and hearing aids blasting. <laughs> uh, that would probably be terrible, but I think it would be fun to see. Um, there, I don't know. I don't know if I would want it or not. Uh, you know, I would just say that these guys have done two movies in a genre that I don't usually like. That I really enjoyed those, so they have built up a lot of trust for me. So, whatever decide way they decide to go, I'll give it a whirl. Fair That's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I just feel like the the uh, you know the family element is such a strong connector to like the emotional center of the movie uh, that it you know it's so small in focus that the idea of you know kind of scaling up to like oh we're all gonna arm ourselves and and fight this war together seems it seems to lose that same focus. But uh, you know I think hurts right. I think they've they've earned the trust. That said, apparently. John Krasinski didn't want to direct this and kind of got like corralled into it by accident. So I, I feel like it'll be hard to do that a third time, but maybe he just needs more money. I don't know. Well, I mean, this one, I mean, this seems to be the biggest bona fide hit since Corona. So they probably will be willing to back the money truck up to him. For the third. Yeah. <laughs> I do believe they announced a third project, but it's not a quiet place three. It just exists in the same world and it will not be directed by him. 
but I do oh, think great. he's writing it or it's a story by him and someone else is writing something like that, but something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, do you guys have anything else on this? Yeah, no, yeah. better than Transformers. Better than Transformers. Better than Transformers. I, really I, I was, I was really surprised. Usually, when we watch a good movie, we run out of stuff to talk about in like ten minutes. We made it thirty <laughs> whole minutes on this one, so good job, guys. <laughs> good. good content creators. Uh, well, cool. That's Quiet Place Two again. Yeah, go watch it in theaters. It's a, uh, it's a blast. What have we been watching this past? I think two weeks now, guys. Well, you know, we we didn't record last week, and at the time, I had not watched anything so what i had done was prepared a 10 minute monologue of why toto is better than kansas <laughs> but i'm gonna shelve that the title if if i were to write if i were to write an essay it would be toto is better than kansas i don't give a fuck how many times you've listened to dust in the wind but i'm gonna put that on the shelf i'm gonna save that for a rainy day because i've watched some shit in this past week this version of what i've been watching is presented to you by hbo max um I watched the Friends reunion and why it's not called the one where they reunited feels like a missed opportunity for me. Mm. Um, Somebody needs to lose their job over that. Yeah. Friends reunion is not the the correct title. The one where they reunite. I don't know. Something the one where is should have been included in the title, but it's fine. I don't have like an affinity for friends. I've seen all of it once. I have watched a few episodes many times it's an okay show it's a very white person show um (laughs) it's you know it is what it is it didn't do it didn't warm my heart any more to see all of those people together than it did if that never happened i had no emotional effect but if you're really into friends i could get why that is your shit the one thing i would probably add to that is fuck what's her name the chick who plays phoebe uh lisa kudrow lisa kudrow by far the best actress out of all of them there's so many times where she just like falls in and out of phoebe in that it's just like a fucking light switch for her and it's like all of a sudden she's a different person and it's legitimately great Uh, if you're into friends it's probably better than transformers it's not really bad enough to say worse than transformers it just kind of is it exists (laughs) <laughs> um yeah. you say that that's a really white person show one time i was in in the mall and uh a black couple stopped me to tell me i looked just like that guy from friends and i was like which guy from friends They're like are you talking about chandler's like no are you talking about joey i don't think i look like joey no and then i finally realized they were saying i looked like neil patrick harris <laughs> Oh, so so there. I mean, yes, it's a very white person show that people who aren't white people can't tell apart from, you know, uh, how I met uh, your mother, how I miss your mother. Yeah. Yeah. I also watched uh, one of my all time favorite movies, which is now on HBO Max, Dr. Strangelove. It's, this film is absolute perfection. If you've ever worked in like highly classified environments. Um, and had to work with senior ranking officials because it is 100% exactly how they think and they act. And it's mind boggling, the accuracy of that film. Um, and while it's satire, it feels too real. And I love it. You know, it's 50 plus years old now. And I think still rings true is very timely. I don't know that it's for everyone, but it's definitely for me. It's better than Transformers. And finally, I wish Kubrick would have done more comedy. 
Uh, like yes, that, that shit is so good. I, I've never seen Barry Lydon, so maybe Barry. I know it's supposed to be comedy, so maybe it is too. It's good too, but it's just a shame that he only has like one great comedy because that shit is so good. But sorry, go ahead. No, finally, uh, you're dead on. Finally, the last thing I watched be and while we all hate horror, I am I am partial to the Conjuring franchise, so I watched. The third Conjuring film, The Devil Made Me Do It. And I don't know. I was kind of disappointed. I don't think it's worse than Transformers. I think the cast alone, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, are really good in those roles. And and this one's definitely a little bit more about them as a couple, the Warrens. And I, I liked that bit. And I like the general concept, but it's just not as good as the first two. It's not as scary it's uh, almost an entirely different kind of story. The first two are very much persons possessed. They have to go and help. That's really the first one. The second one is that kind of bleeds over to their home life. And um, But this is more in the vein of the exorcism of Emily Rose, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Like It's like kind of psychological, supernatural thriller about a court case. And they're trying to prove the person innocent. The guy claimed his defense is that he was possessed when he committed the murder uh, and they're trying to prove that for him and there's not really much of there is a supernatural presence but it's not as much as the previous films i don't feel like the scares are really there um, it's more like an episode of law and order in the conjuring universe and i didn't love that it's fine it's on hbo max i would not go th- this was not one that was mandatory to go to the theater for me i was thankful for same day release uh, on this one that's it Man, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to say your so-so review of that kind of talked me into watching it. I, I think the idea of a Law & Order episode in the Conjuring universe sounds pretty cool. I so, mean, t- to be fair, have you seen Exorcism of Emily Rose? I've not. I, sh- I know I should have. I, I was about to say, I, I, think, I think Christian would probably agree that's a better version of this. Yes, oh, right it on. is. That movie's fucking pretty. That movie's pretty fucking great. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's a legitimately scary film while also being that. I don't think this is very scary. So maybe her. Maybe this one is more in your ballpark. But <laughs> right. Uh, so you know when when you were talking about friends and I interrupt you, I was actually going to. Uh, uh, I was actually going to talk a little more shit about friends, but then I realized my first thing I'm going to talk about would lose me any high ground. So I, I, I aborted on that. Uh, so um, uh, I watched coming the number two to America and mm. uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I liked it. I, you know, I had that movie on fucking VHS as a youngster and I wore that shit out. I have no idea if it was good or not, but I know at the time it made me laugh. Uh, I kind of put off watching this because I expected it to not be great. And it probably isn't great, but, I, you know, it was harmless and I enjoyed watching it. If I had two complaints about it is there's too many musical numbers and not enough jokes and uh, and that they have Tracy Morgan, one of the funniest human beings on Earth in this movie, and they do nothing with it. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good. There's also you should watch it just for one scene where uh, various characters are fighting Wesley Snipes. And one of them is Arsenio Hall. And Arsenio Hall is very much a man like in his 50s trying to move and not being able to. And Wesley Snipes moving better than most anyone in their 20s. And then Wesley Snipes has to lose that fight. It's pretty hilarious. (laughs) But uh, 
But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll give this one better than Transformers. If you don't have a fondness for the first movie, you probably won't love it. But if you want some nostalgic feels, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, I also, on this podcast before, uh, have said have stated that there was only two Coen Brothers movies I hadn't watched. I hadn't watched. What's the folk singer one? Uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis and uh, Intolerable Cruelty. But I forgot I had also never watched Burn After Reading. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember it didn't get great reviews at the time, probably because it came out right after uh, No Country and you know what was going to live up to that. But uh, me and Sarah watched it this weekend, and I fucking loved it. I, I know it's thought of as one of the lesser Cohen movies, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, Brad Pitt fucking kills me in that movie. Uh, he is so fucking great. In that. Uh, and man, if you're out there and you're a Rick and Morty fan, and I don't mean you like that show. I mean, you're one of those guys who believes you're the Rick and everyone else is a Jerry ruining your fucking life. Like, watch this movie and see what that's really like. Because John Malkovich is that person in real life. Mm. He's he's the only person in this movie who's not a fucking idiot. And everyone is just passing him by without even trying. And he's fucking miserable. And I think it's great. It might be <laughs> one of my favorite John Malkovich roles. But yeah, definitely better than Transformers. I You know, I'm actually glad I waited to, this long to watch this because there was no like anticipation to it. But I really liked it a lot. And uh, I think that's all I'm, talk- I'm going to talk about because I got a feeling Joseph will talk about the other one I want to talk about. I, I certainly will, but I do want to mention I, I watched Burn After Reading. I, I, don't, I assume like immediately when I went to college, like eighteen or nineteen, right? Uh, and, I, and I don't think I really liked it, but I feel like I need to go back to it. I think I'm wrong. I, um, I really highly recommend going back to it. I think I, I think looking at it from a, a fresh perspective would help. Also, it I I really think it has some sort of meta commentary on the indie comedy at the time because I can't tell what year it's set in. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, because it's got it's got Brad Pitt, John Malkovich. The the female lead is Kate Blanchett. Uh, no, no, it's uh Tilda Swinton. Tilda's fucking even better. Yeah, uh, I know, and, right? and and J.K. Simmons. Like I don't know how I could not like that. I think I think <laughs> I just my expectations were in the wrong place when I watched it. Oh, dude, instead, my favorite part of the fucking movie is instead of showing the wrap up to all the characters, just having it be explained to J.K. Simmons. It's the best. Brilliant. That's that's the thing I remember the most about that. Yeah, I'm going to go back and try it. You've convinced me. Joseph, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, So I, you know, I I did this for you, Hurt, partially because I was already kind of interested, but partially because. Every once in a while, I'll have something that I don't know how to like explain why I like it, but I'm just like, please, just trust me. Right, uh, right. And I just hope that somebody will. And I trust you enough that when you sold me on Mayor of Easttown, I was like, there's probably something there. And fuck you undersold the shit out of this. It's really good, right? It's really good. I mean, Kate Winslet's great. It's got uh, uh, Gene Smart, who's been fucking crushing on HBO. Uh it's also got Guy Pierce as the most randomly handsome person in this in this universe, and uh, and fucking Evan Peters, which none of which you 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 mentioned last time. The the thing that I regretted most about underselling it is I didn't mention Jean Tre- Smart because she's a goddamn treasure. She's fantastic, uh, <laughs> and man, it's always good to go back to comic book shit. But um, 
you know, one of the things, you know, people who don't see the value in comic book shit, man, we brought back Gene Smart. And, uh, you know, uh, that I think that deserves a reward. Mm. Uh, we probably wouldn't have her in this if Legion hadn't led the Watchmen. And then suddenly everybody realized, oh, shit, she's not just some chick from the Golden Girls. She I mean, the Golden Girls designing women. She fucking rules. Yeah. But the other thing I feel like you undersold is I, I've really, I think, the draw of the story uh, which is, I, I remember when that show on HBO, The Outsiders, the Stephen King one came out. Right. My dad was the first one who who even mentioned it to me. Um, and he watched, I don't know, like th- the first three episodes and was like, oh, you know, I really liked it. It was this really interesting, like, you know, small town crime story where, you know, this this one incident disrupts a whole community. Uh, and you get to see all the, the weird and unexpected ways all these people are linked together. Uh, but then there's like a supernatural element, and he didn't like that. Later on in the series, he got on board with it and really liked the end of the show. But right. if you like the first episode or two or three of The Outsiders and didn't like the supernatural turn and wanted the, the uh, small town drama turned up like fivefold, this is the fucking show for you. <laughs> totally. uh, it's 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 that exact same thing, but like with a, a ensemble, you know, cast again of a small town of probably I don't know, like thirty ish people, and and uh, just from episode one, everyone is lying, and it's very obvious that everyone is lying in ways that I don't feel like they should have to lie in in, in, right. circumstan- in circumstances where I was like, what what do you even have to lie about this? <laughs> right, uh, right. And it's just it's super intriguing. It really gets you from the get go. Uh, I was a little nervous towards the end that uh, I had kind of like gotten the formula of the show and it still fucking got me. So uh, mm. props to it. It's it, it. I think it knocks everything out of the park. It's a really great mystery. It's really great like character drama. It's well-written, well-acted. Just everything about it is really good. All that said, SNL did a great... Uh, I don't, I, good, God bless them, you know? I don't feel like we give SNL enough credit for, you know, their turnaround because they write a week to week basis Uh, because that came out, you know, like not even like towards the end of mayor of Easttown, like towards somewhere towards the middle of the run, but they made a, 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 one of their SNL digital shorts uh, mocking mayor of Easttown for their, their commitment to regional accents and names and all this kind of stuff. And I remember watching the show and feeling like, oh, like I get it, but like something about this kind of annoys me. And I feel like <laughs> they they hit the nail right on the head. Right. Where, you know, they're, each cut, they're like, you can tell that the writers obviously Googled names and places. <laughs> uh, it was it was very funny. I, uh, I I I don't. I think it would be funny if you haven't watched the show. But if you watch the show, it's even funnier. I think it also would be funny if you haven't watched the show. I, you know, I was thinking the other day with SNL, what sucks about being SNL today is used to at SNL was competing with no one. And now SNL competes with everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everyone yeah. makes the kind of content that SNL used to only make. But th- this was one of those things where they really hit the nail on the head better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I will say this about it. Uh, I never, look for holes plot holes faults and i found one in this but and i I won't go into it because i don't want to go into spoilers but 
after thinking about it for a couple of days, I decided, you know what? That's not really a hole. That's just how these people are. They, they're like real fucking people. They do shit that just doesn't make fucking sense. Just dumb stuff. I, so, uh, I think, I think the plot hole was actually a testament to how great the show is. Can you tell me what the plot hole is and I could just cut it out? Okay. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to do it in generalities. And I think you will understand it. There is a character that early in the thing comes forward with a piece of uh, information that might be pertinent to the case. It turns out to not be true and not be pertinent to the case. But later this character has that exact same piece of information about a different person. And it is super pertinent to the case, but does not come forward. Yep. And I was like, I was like, that's so fucking stupid. Cause it also seems like this person really kind of knew this the whole time. So why mm. did they even come forward with the first thing? But I realized it's, Oh, it's just cause she's a stupid garbage person. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think, I don't think that's actually a pothole. I think that's <laughs> a, a legitimate thing. Right. Uh, I, I love this show. Everybody should watch it. Yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of other stuff, but I'm going to breeze through it quickly. Um, the wife and I finished up uh, uh, an anime show called Little Witch Academia, which sounds like it'd be related to My Hero Academia, but it's fucking not in any way. It's essentially Harry Potter, but instead of Harry Potter being kind of a mediocre wizard who's the chosen one, uh, it would be if Harry Potter was the absolute worst wizard and the chosen <laughs> one. Uh, and it's, it's, it's super charming. I would say it's probably like the most, I, 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 I wish there was a better word for this because whenever I say the word family friendly, it makes it sound like I'm using a euphemism for something, but I don't know how else to describe things that like are acceptable for children, but are enjoyable by everyone. Right. When I, say, mm. when I say family friendly, that's what I mean. This is a very family <clears throat> friendly show in that it's a really engaging story, particularly towards the end, like really, really hits it out of the park. Uh, but I think could be if you wanted to introduce your kids to anime, this would actually be, a, I think, a good first one because it's it, I think it would be uh, enjoyable for a pretty young audience. I also watched an anime we called uh, Penguin Highway, which is just kind of a fantastical uh, story about a kid who penguins start appearing in his town for no reason. And he's like a, 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 I don't even know if he is supposed to be a prodigy. He thinks he's a prodigy. And what I, I found charming about this movie, he's on the case trying to solve what's going on with all these penguins in his town. And there's a lot of other shit going on. It's very like magical Alice in Wonderland. Uh, but what I like about it is the, the kid reminds me the most of a kid of all the kid protagonists I've seen in a long time. Uh, just the, the, the thought process is very confident and uncritical and I don't know, it's, it's nonlinear, but also like it, it makes sense to him. It, anyway, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm really doing a bad job of selling this movie, but it's really charming. It's a very lovely, uh, again, family friendly adventure thing, except they talk about boobs a fair amount more than I would have been. <laughs> I probably would have preferred, but uh, it's really good. Better than Transformers. I recommend it. Uh, I think it's, I don't remember where I watch it. Amazon. Uh, and then the last thing, which I'm surprised that Christian didn't mention, maybe since we already talked about it a little bit, is Critical Role ended this week. The second I was campaign. waiting for you to bring. Yeah, I was waiting for you to bring it up. It's a sad, sad time because it's uh, you know we've we've invested so many hours in this these characters in this world, but over you know, 500. Uh, you know, you could see the 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 cast was very much getting emotional about it too. 
but it's a it's a good story, you know. And it, it's nice to have a beginning and an ending if people want to jump on. And I'm excited for there to be a new beginning, partially for me, partially for the new characters, and partially so that we can get hurt on board and maybe some other converts before uh, the episode backlog becomes intimidating. Yeah, uh, I was very similar emotions. I was fairly happy with the ending. And it's sad to see it go, but I'm excited to see it start again. Uh, there's a moment at, right as the episode ends, they close the story. And I think Travis says, take it from the top. And uh, no, you know, it, it's it's just I love Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, but they take it to a level that I will never achieve. Uh, but it's at the core. It's really fun to watch these group of people. I feel like the last episode really had this in it anyway. This group of people who are very clearly friends, who very clearly love playing this game together. Uh, and they just share that with everyone else. And really, I don't know, it's really heartwarming, means a lot. And I'm just excited to do it all again. I'm glad I'm glad we're getting, you know, we're going to get more eventually. Don't know when. But. We will be keeping you up to date on that as our as our loyal listeners, because I know, I know in my heart that you're just waiting for the, the jumping off point. <laughs> so we're going to be here for you for that yeah for sure but uh, i think that's it yeah yeah man yeah i'm oh no actually you know what we should do next week the first two episodes of loki i think it just came out it comes today, out tomorrow. tomorrow are they are they doing two episodes tomorrow i don't know maybe that was just the press screeners that's going around i don't know i see review a lot of reviews of the first two episodes if they do uh, two episodes though yeah we should do it i mean have you guys watched the bad batch yet no I still oh, have. You guys gotta watch that show. It's good. I, I'll start soon. Then I know. I know Sam Regal and, and Liam O'Brien are in one episode of it as minor yeah, characters. I think Liam's in. Yeah, I think Liam's in two, but there's one scene where they're both in it. Together, oh, of course, which is pretty great. Very good. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. Next week, uh, Loki. If you haven't watched any of the Marvel shows, actually, you probably have if you're listening to this podcast, but. Uh, <laughs> So I don't, I don't know who I'm talking to. You'll probably watch it, and you can come and, and uh, listen to us talk about it. So we'll do that. Imagine week. you didn't like Marvel movies and you tried listening <laughs> to us. That would be fucking miserable. I, there's got to be somebody that's committed, you know? Yeah. Some, maybe, maybe somebody just enjoys our camaraderie. <laughs> maybe. I feel like that's what happened to me with the Weekly Planet for a long time, because even though I like comic book stuff, they go way deeper than I do a lot of the times. But I'm just like, they're having fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's it. You can reach us at. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Please uh, rate, subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast. It's such a delight. And watch Quiet Place. Uh, If there are any other uh, episode suggestions, things you want to talk to us about, things we missed about Quiet Place, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.